welcome back to Millennial Ag, where agriculture is always on tap and no topic is off limits. Thanks for joining us today, your co-hosts, Valine Likely and Catherine Lotspeech. Listeners, welcome back to this week's episode of the, Mo- the Millennial Ag podcast. This week, it's just Catherine and I, which I'm kind of excited for. We haven't done just an episode, the two of us, in a while. Um, and as we're heading into the 4th of July weekend, which it still blows me away that we're halfway through 2021, to be honest. Um, right. I'm. We thought we'd kind of do a happy 4th of July. This is our traditions. This may be what it means to agriculture. We always hear knee high by the 4th of July um, and kind of just go through some fun facts we found that were kind of maybe a little surprising or interesting to us as well. Yeah, sounds good, Val. Um, I know I was out looking at my corn last night and it's definitely more than knee high. So at least we're on track to, you know, keep that tradition going. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Yeah. The corn around here, I don't have any sweet corn because I don't really have a house right now, but um, (laughs) all the field corn around here is at least knee high, if not taller. And the barley's starting to turn and the wheat's starting to turn and trying to farmers are trying to keep it from falling over right now too so it's definitely that that time of year where harvesting is starting to you know be in the front of some people's minds and second cutting of hay is coming up and that sort of thing at least around here yeah yeah same thing's happening here in Colorado the wheat's starting to turn golden everybody's getting ready for harvest um I think people are really excited about um, you know, being able to do summertime things again. I feel like 4th of July is going to be a lot of people out doing things that we didn't get to do last summer. So yeah, most definitely. What are you up to um, for the 4th of July weekend, Catherine? Well, my husband has declared that we need to find either a derby or um, a tractor pull. (laughs) (laughs) Have you found either of those yet? Haven't found either of those yet. There is a rodeo this week um, that we're going to go to, but he was wanting, you know, some traditional 4th of July activity like that. So we're in search. If you're in Weld County, Colorado, and you know of any of those sorts of things, give me a shout because I haven't found anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that, hopefully you'll be able to find one because that kind of sounds like fun and just to be out and about again to experience those, those events would be fun exactly exactly there's got to be something like that going on around here yeah in this lovely agricultural county that we live in (laughs) (laughs) well and a rodeo is a rodeo is a good second anyway because it is they um they call it this weekend the cowboy christmas um and the fact that this is where you can win the most points and the most money depending on what whether it's a circuit or the pro pro tour I guess it's not a tour, but the pro rodeos that they're trying to make the national finals. So rodeos are good, good thing to a hit this weekend too. My cousin's up um, in one of the amateur rodeos around here. So we're going to hopefully try to get up there Friday night to go watch him. Um, And then I'm just excited for a three-day weekend. I don't have anything planned quite (laughs) yet. Um, Some outdoor time, get some time with my horse, some riding, um, maybe catch up on some sleep a little bit and just just unwind. Um, my boyfriend's family's in town too. So probably hanging out with them some more and, and just chilling is, is my goal. Yeah. Yeah. 
well, you do enough running. It's probably a good idea for you to just chill for a little bit. <laughs> well, and around here, um, last weekend we had, um, Hazleton day celebration, which celebrated the 4th of July and we watched fireworks. Um, and then Jerome had an event now twin falls will have theirs over 4th of July. So I think we could see the fireworks from my parents' house. So we might just barbecue and hang out there and not, you know, not press the crowds too hard and just stay, stay put. For sure. That's always a good idea too. just take it easy and have a nice quiet holiday. Yep. So do you, we want to run through maybe some of these fun facts that we found on the 4th of July that I thought were kind of interesting and a little bit surprising. Yeah, definitely. So listeners, we found, well, Valine found this list of 15 fun facts about the 4th of July that, uh, I mean, most of them I wasn't too aware of. So yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's share, share the knowledge. <laughs> cool. Well, so the first one, we didn't actually declare independence on the 4th of July. They said that, um, one of the greatest misconceptions of the 4th of July lies in the name and date. It is widely believed that America declared their independence from Britain on July 4th, 1776. However, the official vote actually took place two days before and the declaration was published in the papers on July 4th. So actually July 2nd is when it was signed, which I want to fact check that one. This is just a list we found. So please fact check us. But, um, I found that one very fascinating um, and kind of one of those misconceptions with with holidays and stuff that we sometimes just take for granted. Yeah. Uh, number two is sort of an interesting one. I was I was aware of this one because we had to color in some flags in fifth grade or something like that. And our teacher told us a story. But uh, the next one is that the designer of the 50 star flag lived in Lancaster, Ohio. So um, in 1958, a history teacher assigned a class assignment to redesign the national flag um, as Alaska and Hawaii were added to statehood. Hmm. And um, so the guy's name, Robert G. Heft, who was 16 at the time, he designed a new flag using the old 48 star flag and $2.87 worth of blue cloth and white iron on material. Um, so he actually only got a B minus for the design. Um, but he challenged his teacher and sent it off to Washington, D.C. to be considered by President Eisenhower. So That's kind of a fun story, actually. Yeah, it kind of is. And it turns out that he was the only one to send in an actual like replica of the flag that he had made. Um, some others should come up with that same design, too. But he sent it in and uh, that that flag design, the one that we have these days, was adopted. That's it shows that. You know, even if your assignment or or somebody thinks it's B minus, it never hurts to continue to pursue turning something in or sending it or redesigning it because it may just become the flag of the United States. Right, exactly. So number three is Americans will enjoy 150 million hot dogs during the fall. <laughs> it gives me a bellyache just thinking about it. Right, that is so many hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and that's according to the national sausage and hot dog council which i did not know existed did you no nope. but maybe if you i'm gonna give a cheesy plug <laughs> to beef get your beef hot dogs and we'll help the beef producers out this fourth of july right, exactly 
I love it. Um, so it turns out that only two men signed the Declaration of Independence on actually July 4th, 1776. Um, Charles Thompson and the infamous John Hancock, the guy who had the huge signature on the de- Declaration, were the only two men who actually signed the Declaration on July 4th. Everybody else, um, the other 54 delegates, signed over the course of the next month. I so I'm going to contradict this. Didn't it just say that it was signed on July 2nd? I think it was declared on July 2nd. Oh, okay. Perfect. Okay. Um, okay, number five, which it's amazing how, yeah, not very many votes or signatures were done, but they must have known they were coming. Um, there is something written on the back of the Declaration of Independence. Um, according to the History Channel, a simple message is written upside down across the bottom of the signed document that reads, original declaration of independence dated 4th July, 1776. So there we go. So So it's not a secret message or a secret map like um, National Treasure tells us about? (laughs) I guess not. We'll just have to go see it for ourselves. Right. Um, number six, one signatory um, actually recanted the Declaration of Independence. Richard Stockton, who was a lawyer from New Jersey, became the only signer of the Declaration t- to recant his support of the Revolution after being captured by the British in November 1776 and thrown in jail. So um, he received some pretty abusive treatment and um, he he recanted all of his loyalties and everything. Um to try and get out so he had a rough time of it i guess um but yeah one one guy recanted his support for the de- declaration well yeah if you're being tor- tortured and stuff you know you can't you can't really blame him for backing out or questioning his loyalties and where did he come from too so right grateful yeah. it was only one though um Number seven is the average age of the signers was 45. So of the 56 signers, the youngest was, um, there was two of them and they were 26. And then Ben Franklin was 70 years old. So wide range of, of ages that um, signed the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, kind of cool to think about mm-hmm. people, you know, younger than us. It's crazy to think. um number eight it says the declaration of independence was written on a laptop okay not a modern laptop but (laughs) (laughs) um so thomas jefferson drafted the declaration of independence on a writing desk that could fit over one's lap and at the time this device was referred to as a laptop (laughs) yeah i don't think they had um the technology we quite have today but still cool that you know, I'm sure that maybe our our modern laptop was named after after that. Yeah, I think so. So number nine is men love fireworks. One billion dollars worth of fireworks. <laughs> so according to the American Pyrotechnics Association, Americans spend more than one billion dollars on fireworks every year. That's a lot of fireworks. That's a lot of fireworks. That's a lot of kabooms. (laughs) Well, and I wonder, I wonder how much 
we'll spend this year and how much will actually go off too. Cause a lot of areas are in, in drought and extreme fire danger. And I think fireworks are, are trying to be limited in some areas. Right. It'll be interesting to see if people actually pay attention to that or if we end up with more wildfires. Yep. I hope, I hope people pay attention. <laughs> yeah, me too. We don't need to burn up the countryside, especially with the drought we have going on. Yep. Um, number 10, uh, the second anniversary of Independence Day in 1778, American troops were fighting the American Revolutionary War. And during this time, George Washington ordered a double ration of rum for American soldiers to celebrate the holiday with. So um, I didn't realize that the fourth was the holiday of rum, but once I'm not pregnant anymore, we can definitely celebrate it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be making mojitos for... <laughs> There we go. That's a great idea. <laughs> um, number 11 is another fireworks one. Um, fireworks, an American tradition dated back to 1777. So um, the first anniversary of um, the Independence Day, they um, John Adams wrote in a letter to his wife, Abigail, that he wanted Independence Day to be celebrated with Pomp, parade, shows, and illuminations. So there we have it. That's why we have fireworks. Illuminations. I think we should start calling them that. <laughs> We're going to be lighting off illuminations tonight. Uh, number 12 is that um, the U.S. Census Bureau estimates that there were only about 2.5 million people living in America in 1776 when the declaration was signed. Um, and as of now, it has grown to become home to more than 325 million Americans. So it started out pretty tiny. Um, amazing to see what, you know, just a small force can do. Yeah. Well, and I think nowadays, like, I don't know what the population of, say, New York City is, but I bet it's some of those areas in the sub, sub, suburban areas surrounding it are, are hitting just that 2.5 million people. Um, oh, I'm sure of it. So it's crazy to think that just that area, um, as far as population density, was the one to kick off our country and, and spark what we have today. Yeah, for sure. So number three. 13 actually states wearing old glory violates the U.S. flag code. Um, a lot of us, you know, own flag t-shirts, beach towel, shorts, headbands, or I have compression socks, I'm confessing. Um, turns <laughs> out that um, you're actually in violation of the U.S. flag code. The flag code states that you are in violation if you sell or display any article of merchandise upon which shall have been printed, painted, attached, or otherwise placed a representation of the flag in order to advertise, call attention to, decorate, mark, or distinguish the article or substance of which, on which so placed. So there you have it. Technically, anything that's not the American flag could be um, violation of a flag code. I don't anticipate it's enforced or you'll get arrested, but... Right. <laughs> um, it is part of part of the code. Interesting. Um, so our next fun fact is that on the 50th anniversary of the signing of the 
declaration was that um, Thomas Jefferson and John Adams both died on July 4th, 1826, within five hours of each other. That was the 50th anniversary of the signing of the declaration. Um, that's kind of a sort, sort of a weird uh, coincidence that two of our founding fathers died on the day that it was, that it was signed. Yeah, it is. It almost makes your, you know, your skin crawl a little bit to think of, think of it. Yeah, what's that? Mm-hmm. What's the meaning behind it? So um, I guess to wrap up number 15, um, it says we were actually a little late to the parade. So July 4th was not deemed, it seemed like it was celebrated prior, um, but it wasn't deemed a federal holiday until 1870. So almost 100 years after the nation was actually founded. So it's relatively new holiday in the scheme of our country. Um, I think we have been celebrating it more, more than we weren't celebrating it, but still it took 100 years for us to get there. Yeah, for sure. Kind of a weird thing, but we're kind of a weird country, so I guess it fits. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, that was kind of fun to walk through. And listeners, we'd love to hear what um, you're doing for the 4th of July. What are your traditions? Um, and what does it mean to you? You know, it's it's very cool to have a holiday and have all the freedoms we do, especially after, you know, finishing a crazy year of 2020 and, and knowing that, you know, some of our freedoms are still intact. Most of our freedoms are still intact, um, if not all of our freedoms. Um, and and it's just a blessing to live in, I think, a free country where we we have the choice to choose where we go to church, what time we wake up in the morning, what job we want to pursue, um, and have have the ability to to celebrate as well and do do so in a manner that that helps us reflect on what it means to us and and choose how we celebrate as well. So, Catherine, what does it mean to you? And then we can sign off for this week. Yeah, the 4th of July to me, I mean, it's obviously the epitome of summertime and um, my mind goes back to barbecues with my family and participating in the parades growing up. Um, But also, you know, throughout that day, there would be, you know, you'd stand and say the Pledge of Allegiance, there's flags everywhere, Um, you know, whatever little events we attended, there was always some sort of a, some sort of a, hey, remember, you know, what, what it took to get us here and why we have these freedoms. And it's always just a good reminder to be thankful for the blessings that we have in this country. Um, like you said, our freedoms um, to do really whatever we want um, and to live in the greatest place on earth. So it's, to me, it's, you know, there's a lot of reflection in, in love for the holiday um, that comes up around it for me. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's really special. And, and it's one that, I appreciate being able to celebrate, but I think sometimes gets overlooked too, because it is, you know, it's not a religious holiday, but it is a summer holiday and it's fun to, to all get together, barbecue and, and light some fireworks off. So listeners, we do want to hear from you. What are you doing this week, this long weekend? What are some of your family traditions? And do you have any fun facts about the 4th of July that maybe we missed or um, you have comments on. So feel free to reach out to us. You can email us at talk to us at millennialag.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And until next week, we are Millennial Ag.